You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. A couple of weeks ago, Family Waterproofing Solutions, our proud sponsors, you hear them at the beginning of every show, came over to help me out because the sump pump had gone bad. And it wasn't a permanent problem. Not only did it get over here and say, look, that sump pump looks like it's in good shape. It'll probably last you for a few more years. They didn't pressure sell me or anything else like that. They showed me what the problem was. They took care of the issue, didn't charge me anything for it, and then gave me a quote in my email I can accept at any time when I'm ready to get a replacement one. It's that easy. And that was just for a sump pump. Imagine you're dealing with foundation issues, you've got seepage, you've got some issue going on at ground level or below in and around your house. Family Waterproofing Solutions, dependable, veteran-owned, family-owned, female-owned, located on the south side of Chicago, covering northern Illinois and northwest Indiana. Big White Sox fans, big supporters of this podcast. Tell them that we sent you famws.com. Remember the phone numbers right on the logo for the show. My name is Chris Lanuti, bellying up to my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement. Down at the other end of the bar, my buddy Dave. 40-plus years a White Sox fan and shocked from what I can tell sitting there right now shaking his head. We're going to get to you in one second, bud. He has not had a chance to weigh in on the Tony La Russa hire. If you want to hear my thoughts, I feel like I laid everything out as crystal clear as I could uh, throughout White Sox Twitter over the last several days, throughout White Sox social media on Facebook. I've seen this show shared probably more than I've seen an episode shared at the source. People really enjoyed the episode, felt like it kind of encapsulated all different viewpoints on the La Russa hire, but came to the conclusion that no matter how much we hate it, or love it, no matter what you feel about it, this is Jerry Reinsdorf's team, and we just all happen to be rooting for it. And as much as you may be upset with the hire, imagine being Rick Hahn. And the White Sox have just made a few simple moves and have been like, all right, cool, and we'll look at the rest of the stuff after we feel better, after we figure out some other things. We have to figure out the staff that's going to surround Tony right now. We can't really worry about anything else. I mean, it made sense. Don't pick up the options on Encarnacion and Gonzalez. We said that. They did that. It was logical. Picked up the option on Garcia. We were big fans of that here on this show. We asked for it before they had to make the decision. We're glad they made that move. And it shows they like Larry Garcia. They know what they have in him. And they realize for that price, eh, why go shopping? You have plenty of other things you have to deal with right now. You get three guys that go out in the free agency. So they're off your roster. Kalame, McCann, Gerard Dyson. Yolmer Sanchez, you try to pass him through waivers, and he's picked up. He's gone. The Orioles have him now. As expected, two guys added back from the 60-day IL, Jimmy Lambert and Michael Kopech. They're back on the 40-man roster officially. They were part of it, but being on the 60-day DL, they don't count for it, so they were able to carry 42. Actually, I think technically Kopech was on the COVID list. It acted just like the 60-day DL, and that's it right now. 40-man roster sits at 37. The list of free agents is out there. We're going to go through it. We're going to pour through it. We're going to kind of look at what the White Sox could do. There were qualifying offers made to some of the targets you might have been thinking about or hearing about on this podcast or reading about someplace else. 
We're going to jump into all of that. But before we get into anything else, even though you heard me and you can go back and listen to it on demand, broke down why that hire happened, understand where it came from, don't necessarily agree with it, but know that I have to move forward now and look at this team as this is Tony LaRussa as the manager, the owner is Jerry Reinsdorf, and Rick Hahn now has a very different makeup to his front office because it almost behooves him to go down and make sure that LaRussa's on his side before he goes and asks for money. Because if he's got Tony, he might get whatever he wants to. And Jerry Reinsdorf may be compelled now to put his money up to prove that everybody who's yelling about him is wrong. So the, I see these positives, Dave, and I know you're itching to go, but you've got Tony LaRussa here. You've got a young team. There, there, there are still possibilities here with LaRussa. These guys aren't gonna, these guys are not gonna play for him. You're dealing with a guy who is a drunk. He has had multiple DUI convictions. And you're dealing with someone who is just, you know, forgive the language, he's just an asshole of a human being. Tony La Russa is a horrible person. He is a horrible human being. I don't care who listens to this podcast and, you know, fight me on it. Okay? And the worst part about this, he is going to be managing this team for life, Chris. He is going to be the manager of this team until one of two things happens. A, Jerry Reinsdorf dies, or B, Tony La Russa dies. He is never going to be fired, ever. This team could win 40 games, Chris. He will keep his job. So all of those, how long is it going to be? Four years? Five years? Seven years? Because guess what? Those are the term contracts of your entire core. He'll probably, if he wants to, he'll probably still be here. I could still see him being here and he's 85. I, I feel like you've gone a little crazy over the hire. Like, I, think it, I don't think it's have as I, bad as you. I think, yeah, I, I think you've gone a little I, crazy over I, the hire. When the Detroit Tigers mock the White Sox openly by saying they did us a favor because they went out the very same day and got A.J. Hinch, which is the guy we were supposed to get. In fact, everybody... From what I've read, he was the guy that everybody in the White Sox front office wanted, except for, you guessed it, Jerry Reinsdorf. It was so bad, Chris, that on the PR email that went out that had LaRusse's ugly-ass picture on it with his f***ing Just for Men and his beer gut hanging out five feet in front of him, it had A.J. Hinch's signature on it. That's what was supposed to happen. Everybody in the front office. In fact, I would even go as far as to say that somebody in the front office let that happen intentionally just to let it be known that, you know what? We all think this is wrong. I'm a little disappointed. I don't think Tony LaRusse is ever going to come on our show now because you seem very, you, like, I think you've already burned the bridge. I, I didn't even get a chance to build a bridge. Good. He's the manager of the team. Like, you, you, I mean, look, there's nothing we can do about this. This is the, That's the well, first thing, like the anger and the Chris, rage. And everything. There's nothing you can do about Chris, this. There is absolutely something I can what do about it. What are you going to do about it? I have. I'll tell you what I'm going to do about it. This team, you know what this team is, Chris? You know what You know what following a Jerry Reinsdorf team is? It's a toxic relationship. It is an abusive relationship. It's, 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 it's Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. You know, the only thing Jerry Reinsdorf hasn't done is taken a shit in my bed. He hasn't cut any of my fingers off. All right, like Amber Heard did to Johnny Depp, but that's she cut that's her. Exactly. Wait, she cut his fingers off. Yeah, you didn't hear about that. No, I didn't hear that. There's, Johnny Depp is missing a, fingers. No, there was a little bit of uh, he got he got a portion really? of a finger. Yeah, he got a portion wow. of a finger taken off. 
chick's no. crazy. This is th- this is a relationship where the fans are constantly gaslighted for having a different opinion than what the owner has. This is a team that in- insults their fan base and blames their fan base when when the team doesn't go out and spend money. We're like, well, if you would go if you would go to our ball games, we would spend money on free agents. We follow this team. And every year, Chris, we're like, this year is going to be different. It's going to be different this year. You, you know, we're out of this whole Reinsdorf era of nepotism and incompetence and organiz- just flat-out organizational failure. Every year we say this. And you know what? Every year we get burned by it. This hire, it goes beyond just the fact that they've hired a drunk, racist, miserable human being that doesn't even understand what a, you know, thinks saber metrics is what you use to measure a tiger's teeth with. It goes beyond the fact that no matter what, no matter as, as long as Jerry Reinsdorf lives, this team will never change. It will never maintain long-term success because he will always either his incompetence or his greed or just the fact that he puts himself in a bubble in his office with a bunch of yes men that tell him no matter what he does he's a genius and he's doing the right thing and don't pay attention to uh, you know to all of the plebs on social media and all everybody else around the country who actually know what they're talking about no they don't know what they're talking about jerry you're right It's never going to change until he dies. I find myself just a little bit tired of this abusive relationship that I have been in for God knows how long now. It is unhealthy. All right. It is not a good place to be. You know where I am right now? I am at a point, Chris, where I was with the Blackhawks 10, 12, 15 years ago, where I am actively rooting for people to die. So you know what I did? You're right. I can do something about it. And I have done something about it. I have unfollowed anything on social media that has to do with the White Sox. I have unfollowed. I have taken all of their news feeds off of my bleacher report. I have unbookmarked anything uh, regarding with the White Sox on Facebook or or in my in my my browser. That is I will not watch a game. I will not listen to a game. I'm certainly not going to give Reinsdorf any of my money. And, and I'm just going to find something else to do that makes me happy, that doesn't put me in an abusive relationship. You're, 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 hold on. You're seriously going to stop following the White Sox because they hired Tony La Russa. You're done. You're, you're, you're not going to have anything to do with it White Sox a, baseball. It is not just, it goes beyond the hiring of Tony La Russa. It goes, it goes to the constant the constant organizational ineptitude, the constant, you know, Reinsdorfian nepotism and just the flat out greed that that is just perpetuates itself with not just the White Sox, with any Reinsdorf owned team. Why don't we have some Bulls fans on here one day and tell and, and ask them about how they think Reinsdorf is running the Bulls? How are we going to do a podcast if you're not following the White Sox? Well, that's. I, you know what, Chris? I, wait, I, hold on a second. Now, now this is now you're bothering me. So you're telling me you're so upset with the team. Yes, I cannot. I cannot bring myself to follow this team and attach any emotional. I cannot. Um, I cannot emotionally attach myself to this team 
anymore. They have crapped in my bed. They have cut my fingers off and, and they have done this for the last time. I am out. I am done. I am going to take up some other hobby besides baseball, besides White Sox baseball, something that is going to make me spiritually fulfilled and, and, and give me inner peace so that I don't have to open up my Bleacher Report or my Twitter or my Facebook news feed and read about all of the stupid, incompetent, greedy, organizational malfeasance that, that is Jerry Reinsdorf and the Chicago White Sox. Socks in the basement listeners do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. So you're honestly not going to be a part of anything right now. You're just, you're just going to sit down there and whatever you're doing. That, like, that's it. You're shaking your head at me. You won't speak any White Sacks going forward. Move on. Let's take a look at the free agent list. Boring. Some notable names were giving qualifying offers from their teams, which mean they can take a big money one-year contract. I think it's about $18.9 million for a year, or they could sign a deal with them, or if they sign free agency elsewhere, somebody's got to give up a draft pick. Our good friend James Fox, who comes on this show, White Sox beat reporter, said that if the White Sox sign a player, given a qualifying offer, they will forfeit a second round pick in the 2021 draft and $500,000 in international space for the period that starts in January of 2022. So not the period coming up, it would be $500,000 in the next period after that. So that, that is very interesting Think about that because there might be an international signing coming up soon for the White Sox. There's been a lot of names attached to them. They could still go after a player with a qualifying offer. Let's be honest. You're building a team. You want long-term growth, but you've done such a good job to this point. A second round pick being given up for the right guy may not be the worst thing in the world, along with $500,000 in international signing money. So it's possible they go after a guy with a qualifying offer who has that attached to him. You know, that that's something that baseball allows teams to do. They're like, you love this free agent. You don't want to let him go, but you have to offer him X amount of dollars for one year. If you're going to put this extra weight on him in free agency, and it's an incentive for the player to still stick with his team, it kind of makes that player look worse in the eyes of teams that may want to sign him a little bit because they have to give something up, and it's a way for teams to be able to hold on the players, but that's a big price tag. So only certain players were important enough to their teams that they got those offers, or those teams just believe the guy is such a superstar 
there's no way he's taking that and we're going to get a pick out of it. So these are the guys that have it. JT Realmuto doesn't really matter to us. We have Yasmani Grandal. That would be insane. But he got a qualifying offer from Philadelphia. DJ LeMahieu, 32-year-old second baseman, uh, really good hitter. We have our team pretty much set at that position. You're not really going after him. He got a qualifying offer. George Springer, though, a name that has popped up on White Sox fans' radars. 8.4 wins above replacement if you count 2019 and the shortened 2020 season together. Got a qualifying offer from the Houston Astros. So you would have to give them a second-round draft pick and the $500,000 in 2022 international signing money if you go and get a George Springer. Another name and a guy that we really want here, and I still think he's worth that pick, Trevor Bauer. He got a qualifying offer from Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati understands that Trevor Bauer is leaving them and he's going to get a good deal. Trevor Bauer now knows he can go out and get $18.9 million from the Cincinnati Reds if he just goes back for a year. And he's always been the kind of guy that will bet on himself. So you're going to have to pay him more than that per year on any deal that he's going to sign. I've already said that's a $25 million a year pitcher, at least for two years. He's going to want more money and more incentives and less years. And so you're not going to have him long term, I think. You're going to spend a lot of money. You're not going to have that draft pick. I still think if you're going for it, and you've indicated you're going for it because you went out and you signed three-time World Series champion, Hall of Fame manager, Tony La Russa, that's what the organization is telling me. Now is the moment. Trevor Bauer, I would ignore that qualifying offer. If you could sign him, sign him. Marcus Stroman, though, becomes less likely to be joining the White Sox because he has a qualifying offer attached to him. But Jake Odorizzi... And Masahiro Tanaka, they don't have one attached to them. And I would put them on the same level as Marcus Stroman. Those two guys right there, probably on the same level, pitching-wise, ability-wise, what they can bring to you, than Marcus Stroman. So if you're able to go out and chase after a guy like that over Stroman, the White Sox may decide to do that to avoid the qualifying offer. Now, I want Bauer... And I want somebody else to be a fourth starter on this team. We've talked about that before. I know I know you have opinions on it, Dave, or do you no longer have opinions anymore? Why does it matter? Whatever. You're really going to do this. That's your plan. All because a manager got hired that you didn't like. But as I've said, as we've said before, I can't believe this is going to become an eye show. It better not, buddy. Nobody cares. Giolito, Keuchel, and Dunning likely... Your one, your three, and your five starters in my mind. Kopech and Cease in the mix to fight for that spot with Dunning in the five spot. But the two is Bauer, and you want to go get a four. I think the consolation prize for a Bauer could be a Tanaka over a Stroman now. And I'm just throwing out Tanaka as a name, but a guy like him over a Stroman because Stroman has the qualifying offer attached to him. Kevin Gaussman, he got a qualifying offer as well. Pitcher for the Giants, somebody that has been associated with the White Sox. There was a little smoke around him before the trade deadline. The White Sox might be interested in him. They seem to have been keeping an eye on him. I would think with a qualifying offer, there are plenty of other guys just like Kevin Gaussman out there uh, that you don't have to overpay and you don't have to give up a draft pick to go receive. The only guys that really are worth that draft pick are Bauer and Springer. And if you ask me to pick between the two of them, 
I'll take pitching every time. I know there's got to be people out there to disagree with me on that, but I'm taking pitching every single time. This team needs pitching more than it needs hitting. If I'm giving up a second-round pick, pitching. That's what I want. So that's how, the, that's how everything lines up right now with the qualifying offers. Those are the only names you really need to know about. We're going to dive more into specific free agents over the next couple of weeks and guys that the White Sox might go out and get. And we're going to talk to a lot of people around White Sox fandom and beat reporters and experts about the types of guys that might be breakout candidates or look like if they come here, they could perform very well. Th- these are the things we're going to have to look into in the early part of this offseason leading into a month from now on December the 2nd, arbitration. And the White Sox now have arbitration decisions they're going to have to make. And so far, so good. Everything we've said that they should probably do, they've done. I mean, we expected Colome and McCann and Dyson to go off into free agency and Carnacion and Gonzalez not to have their options picked up and Larry Garcia to remain, like I said at the beginning of the show. But now you're going to have these tenders. And I already thought Yomer Sanchez not getting tender. They tried to pass him through waivers. Then they would just have him off the 40-man and on a minor league deal, essentially, and just kind of hide him out down there in the minor leagues and hope nobody pays any attention to him. That didn't work. That just shows we weren't going to offer him arbitration, so in the flurry of activity, let's let him go and hope that he ends up on our minor league team. It just didn't work out for him. So he's gone as well. So in reality, there's only three guys on the tender list that I'm not picking up, and it's Mazzara, Rodon, and Reynaldo Lopez. Now, there are people that love Lopez. And this might be a bone of contention for those out there, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I really would. This might be something that you're like, no, Chris, you're crazy. I still believe in Raylo. It'll be interesting to see if Reynaldo Lopez becomes so important now that the White Sox, they're like, yeah, we're going to tender him because we think Don Cooper and Ricky Renteria were wrong about him because it was obvious they had the opinion he wasn't that good. Or did they stick with him too long? And you're going to know that when he gets not tendered. the, the Lopez decision on his tendering or non-tendering will be very, very interesting. Currently, BaseballReference.com has up what they believe. Each player is probably going to pull an arbitration. So Carlos Rodon's $4.5 million, get him off the books. Nomar Mazzara's $5.9 million, get him off the books. Evan Marshall, $1.9 million, you're tendering him. Although he was caught liking a tweet that was disparaging about the White Sox hiring Tony LaRusa. So who knows? Because we're back to the weird front office antics of the Chicago White Sox. Like Marshall should definitely be on this team next year. Hopefully nobody was paying attention to that in the White Sox or just a little talking to, or maybe they'll act like adults and just move on. I have no idea. Reynaldo Lopez, $2.2 million. I know it's a low price tag. So maybe you just keep chasing and hoping that he's going to work out. But at some point, he's not going to be on your major league roster next year. If you give him $2.2 million, his chances of breaking camp with the team are slim to none. He's he's not a starter. They can't even consider him to be in the starting five if they go out and do their jobs in this offseason and pick up the pitching they need. So you're basically just paying $2.2 million in the hopes that he makes the squad. Because otherwise, you're sending him down to the minor leagues. According to... Fan graphs, Reynaldo Lopez has one minor league baseball option remaining. So you could pay $2.2 million to him in arbitration, somewhere around that. He could not make the team. Then you have a guy making $2.2 million as a AAA pitcher that you're using in case of an emergency. In my mind, that's all you're using him for, or you're sending him to the minor leagues and hoping that he figures something out. But do you feel like this guy could figure anything out? He's kind of shown he's a head case. 
What the White Sox decide on Reynaldo Lopez is going to be very intriguing. I don't think they have confidence in him, so I don't know why you'd waste $2.2 million on a guy that you don't see on your team. Mazar and Rodon feel like easy non-tender candidates. I'm more shocked if they get a contract tendered to him. Lopez is the guy that's the borderline guy for me, but I feel like you're paying $2.2 million to a guy to be a backup option, and you're going to find pitching out there for that price for a year that you can grab up that may be more, I don't know, reliable than Reynaldo Lopez. There's got to be some journeyman out there you could pay $2, $3 million to and have him down in your minor leagues if that's what your plan is. So it's going to be very telling to see what they decide to do. Dave, anything you want to add to this? Boring. Meanwhile, you are going to offer arbitration to Lucas Giolito. He's expected to get about $5.3 million, according to baseball reference. And Adam Engel, $1.4 million. They're both in their first year of arbitration. Um, and I, it looks like Jace Fry, first year of arbitration, $1 million. So these are three guys that you're going to see get arbitration. Like I said, I believe Evan Marshall should get it. So there's four guys I believe should and will get arbitration offered to them. Two guys in Mazar Rodan, I don't believe, are going to get arbitration offered to them. The guy that's the question mark to me is Reynaldo Lopez. If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. Tony La Russa hasn't even changed his Twitter account to indicate that he's no longer working for the Angels and is now the manager of the White Sox. It's been nearly a week. He was on Baseball Tonight. No, not Baseball Tonight. He was on he was on Hot Stove with Harold Reynolds and Matt Vaskurgeon recently, within the last day or so. I think the Sox in the Basement podcast Twitter feed retweeted that video. He couldn't remember the names of any of his players. He just was like, the first baseman, the shortstop, they're good. He, he can't even name off the players off the top of his head yet. It feels like he's got to sit down now and, and read a few books on the White Sox or recent history, or maybe, maybe check out a podcast. Don't check out this episode, Tony. I mean, you may not even want to listen to the last episode, but go back before that. You, you might learn a little bit about your team. The next move I think the White Sox make is a pitching coach. Michigan pitching coach Chris Fetter. I've seen his name bounced around a lot over the last couple of days. A lot of chatter about him. If they go for an outside hire, that makes sense. James Fox, we mentioned him earlier. He comes on the show all the time now saying that Ethan Katz, who coached Lucas Giolito, remember, Lucas went back, found people that he used to work with to help him turn into who he was at Harvard Westlake High School and now is a Giants assistant. If I'm not mistaken, this is the guy that fixed Giolito because I remember this being the story that he went back to his old high school coach. That guy ended up being an assistant over at the Giants 
and isn't part of our organization. Could he be the pitching coach? Could Giolito be getting his old high school coach, who's now with the Giants organization, and helped with him and his reinvention become the pitching coach of the White Sox? Meanwhile, the only guy that Tony La Russa seems to know his name, Kurt Hassler. Good catch by Jordan Lazowski from Saxon 35th, who comes on this show an awful lot. He just recently wrote an article, and he pointed that out. La Russa couldn't name a player on the White Sox, can't tell you anything about anybody. He had to mention Kenny and Rick after he talked about how Jerry Reinsdorf started the process of his hiring. He started to backtrack that a little bit uh, on that uh, uh, hot stove with Reynolds and Vaskurgeon. He was trying to tell you, oh, well, you know, I mean, Jerry let me in the door, and then we walked out and met uh, Kenny and Rick. Like, he's doing everything he can now to backtrack on that because you know he got in trouble for it. Or somebody's like, you can't say this. Sox fans are jumping all over the fact that Jerry made this hire over Rick and Kenny. But anyway, he knew Kurt Hassler's name. Now, Hassler's been with the team since 92. He's been the guy in the bullpen. He's been around. He's basically worked side-by-side side with Cooper now for a long time. He supposedly is into analytics, but if he got rid of Don Cooper, it'd be weird to just bring the other guy that's been sitting around as one of the coaches every day in the ballpark and give him Cooper's job. Then again, a lot of weird things have happened in the last couple of weeks, so you got to keep your eyes on him. Matt Zaleski is the last name that I want to mention. Zaleski's 38 years old, pitching coach at AAA, only been with the team, actually the entire organization since 2016. But that's the guy that you hear mentioned all the time, like these pitchers that are doing well, that came up recently, and the way that they're pitching and the style of pitching that we're getting from a lot of our young players, his fingerprints are all over it. So you have a very young pitching staff that has appreciated what he does that is now in the majors or coming there over the next year or so, but a lot of them are now up in the majors. And so the idea might be they respond well to him. We like what he did with these young guys. We bring him in. There's a lot of White Sox fans that are that, that follow minor league baseball that love this guy as the next pitching coach. Those are probably the four names you have to look at right now. That's the next move, the pitching coach. It will be so telling to find out whether or not the White Sox is an organization now. Build Tony, the staff they want around Tony. Like Jerry's like, you got to hire Tony, give him a good staff, grab the stogie, walked out of the room. Tony shrugged and said, I'll meet you guys in a couple of months. I got to go do some interviews. Everybody wants to talk about all my World Series rings and my Hall of Fame status. And, uh, you know, fax uh, my assistant a list of all the personnel and I'll try to learn their names. Have a picture next to each one of their names because I don't know who any of these guys are. It, that could have been how the whole thing went. At least if it happened that way, now Han can sit there and say, okay, well, I'm, I, this is the guy I'm with, but I want to put these guys around him. Why does it matter? Move on. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.